You are now tuned into the Antidote Podcast with DJ Graphmatic and Paulie Dance. Subscribe now and please consider leaving us a 5-star review. Take the Antidote. When you see me, I don't do this for nothing I talk too much when I'm loaded I'm still cute as a button We had blessings happen lately And somehow it all got harder Need my own show and my own shit Trying to spin off like the Parkers I'm a plenty proud, pockets looking healthy Trying to franchise on my Wizard Kelly Give a good beat for my NFL D Begging for a track, but you can't derail me Okay, I've been gone, I'm back on, I've been alright I had to clean off the demons, that's all my life And my beat go dumb like FIFO Fun, best she gon' come, them legs go numb I've been out of town, I'm out of stories to tell Keeping it a hundred, ain't no shortage of them Was never handed nothing and I'm making it work Sleeping on me heavy and I never got hurt Right? I say peace, blessings, peace, blessings Black excellence, that's me, yes Peace, blessings, peace, blessings Black Excellence, that's me. That's me. Yes. Hold up. Higher chances I'll keep ten before I go up. Mama say I move too fast, I gotta slow up. Me too sick, I might make plans and never show up. Whoa. Gifts are ancient prizes. I go through phases. I hope we make it. Why? If you love me, then I wouldn't have to ask. I'm a mama, I've been in my fucking bag. Playing catch up till you run into the cash. That's on Jay and I bet don't nobody laugh. Why? Peace, blessings, peace, blessings, black excellence. That's me. Yes. Peace, blessings, peace, blessings, black excellence. That's me. Yes. Minor, but I'm a big ass baby. Mama call me a fighter, but life just kick ass lately. I wanna just fuck off forever. Sometimes this shit gets so draining. But we was bred in this water, bitch. I'm prepared for this rain. Buy these Kadani's records, no type. I don't got the preference. I don't do too many features. It just enabled the fetish. Niggas fake, that shit's so true. And I know who I can fuck if she wants to. If I want to, I'm just too ungrateful right now. That pick is enough. Sometimes you seek too much knowledge. The shit you don't need to know. It's a level I can't get past I'm a nigga with a lip pass Why? True story Get the poncho for the poor I done pulled up And I'm acting hella foreign Them say if you use your gift You guarantee the war But the truth is You never really know I need you like I need a peace of mind Mind of my own and I could use it right I need you like I need a peace of mind Uh, Mind of my own and I could use it right now Fuck is up What's up everybody DJ Craftmatic, you already know. You are tuned in to the Antidote Podcast. I got my boy with me as always, Polly Dubs, baby. Hello. Welcome to the Antidote Welcome Podcast. Bucks. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking talk about some basketball here. Uh, NBA kind of rules the roost all the way through the, I'd say about mid-July once the free agency kind of wears thin and football training camp becomes the talk of the town. So let's talk about NBA. They had a couple of big stories. They had their big award show. We'll get into that in a little bit. I think the big event was the Zion Williams show, the NBA draft. So let's kind of go over the NBA draft, some winners, some losers, some takes. Uh, Were you able to catch the draft at all? Uh, I caught some of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, honestly, I'm never really honored or interested in watching too much of the drafts just because um, 
I know you pretty much are going to know who the top players are going to be every time. So um, I kind of didn't care. Uh, <laughs> I already knew Zion Williamson was going first. I already knew RJ Barrett was going to go in the first five. So, I mean, it was kind of good. I mean, I, I like to see where some players land. Uh, what always interests me is what their impact is going to be. And uh, a lot of them don't make an impact at all. Uh, but, you know, you always find the diamond in the rough. And, of course, talking about Zion, uh, Zion is uh, the most speculated player since LeBron James easily. And, of course, he goes number one to the Pelicans. Uh, Pelicans, of course, traded uh, for uh, traded Anthony Davis away. So they got a pretty much a brand-new team all together. Um, so yep. we, we knew that was going to happen, though. Uh, this comparison that I'm reading that somebody put in there is funny as hell. They say Air, uh, Air Barkley <laughs> is, is <laughs> they're calling him Air Barkley and shit. Uh, I guess from the, from this one specific site, but that's kind of funny because he does remind me of Charles Barkley with just more bounce, um, a little bit more of a skill set, but um, more athletic kind of yeah, body. More athletic, athletic, yeah, definitely athletic. Uh, the ability to 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 handle the rock and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, he, he definitely draws that comparison. He's going to have to get a consistent jump shot, but LeBron didn't come in with a consistent jump shot either. So uh, it's all about that work ethic. Once you get in the league, man, once you get in the league, that's when uh, that's when you really got to put in the work to see what happens. I mean, um, I know people going to come for his head just because for the fact that he's been hyped up like he was LeBron James. And uh, those comparisons, you got to live up to them if you're going to come in the league, man. Uh, people do not rest to make sure that they bust your ass. Uh, so, of course, number one, uh, Zion Williamson, John Morant going to the Grizzlies, um, the self-proclaimed uh, point god. Have you seen that shit? He calls himself the point god. For <laughs> Who, Morant? Yeah, he calls himself point god. <laughs> he calls himself the point god. Uh, yo, the, he's he's super high on himself, man. He's super high on himself. So it's kind of interesting to, uh, to bring the, talk about the Grizzlies really quickly. The morning of the draft, they traded Michael Conley, their biggest star. Basically, they traded away Marcus All during the middle of the season as well. So they traded away their two biggest stars here to, yep. you know, kickstart a rebuild, which is definitely a good idea for Memphis. Definitely, they, they haven't really been doing anything, but that trade was very interesting. I really kind of liked it for both sides. Uh, they traded Michael Conley, as I mentioned, pretty much for Jay Crowder, right. And uh, Ricky Rubio is a free agent in Utah, so he won't be a part of the Jazz anymore. He's a scrub anyway. <laughs> fucking hurt all the time. Yeah. So like the NBA, uh, Ricky Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Rubio's pretty like he balls though when he plays the Lakers. Man, he's like Michael Jordan. Yeah, he has his teams that it goes off against. Yeah, Lakers, <laughs> and uh, I usually see him go off against like his former teams that he's played for because he's played for Minnesota. Like, yeah, Minnesota. He's played for like six teams or something like that now. So, you know, he always goes off on on teams that he's played against too. But the dude's always hurt. So I, I think that's a fantastic move for the Jazz. Um, that actually gives them a solid, solid point guard as long as he can stay healthy. Um, that gives them a solid point guard for uh, Donovan Mitchell, and then the reigning two-time back-to-back defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Uh, we'll kind of talk about that again in the rewards, but I think that kind of gives them some uh, some some good, you know, a good front line. I think that 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 little combination right there could be definitely deadly next year. Uh, yeah, especially if Mitchell picks up his defense a little bit. Conley, an excellent defender out of the point guard position. Um, those pick-and-rolls should be really nice. Yeah, no, it, it should look pretty good. And, I mean, they got the uh, – they still got a young core of players. They still got Derek Favors on the team and stuff like that. So, I think they'll actually be pretty decent with that with that lineup. I like Mike Connolly a lot. I don't think he gets a lot of credit. He's definitely slept on uh, in the game for sure. But he, he definitely is slept on. Uh, R.J. Barrett goes to the Knicks. So, at number three, we got the – somebody said <laughs> – Grant Hill, he, he's comparisons of to Grant Hill, that kind of player, or Angry Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was super funny. And Angry Wiggins. And Wiggins was a bust, though. So uh, let's hope that RJ doesn't turn out that way. I actually think RJ, and I hate to say it because I hate Duke and I always will 
for the bane of my they're the bane of my existence. But uh, I think he's the most complete player in the draft this year, as far as R.J. Barrett. The dude had a triple double in college. <laughs> so I mean, I, I I actually think he has like the sky's the limit kind of kind of thing. Like I think he'll progress and actually jump ahead of his other uh, comrades that have been drafted. I honestly think he's probably the best player in the draft. I, you know, everybody's gonna have Zion out there. Zion's got some development to work on, but RJ is pretty much already there in all of the fashions when it comes to rebounding, uh, assists, ball handling, shooting. All of that, he's he's well above, and he's still athletic. I mean, he's he's not Zion athletic, but he's athletic enough um, to put up somebody on a poster. So, I mean, they're actually in a good spot with the Knicks for getting that. I mean, it's still the Knicks; they still got a long way to go. They got to really lock in some players, but he'll be a really good addition um, and can be a stud going forward. I mean, he could be a star for real in the league. That's how I kind of look at RJ Barrett. Yeah, so do you think R.J. Barrett uh, will be the rookie of the year over Zion? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I think they'll suck Zion's dick so hard that he's going to get it. But um, (laughs) I think R.J. is going to be really good. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. That's too far out for me to say. But uh, I know how much everybody is on his jock right now as far as Zion. So, I mean, it's pretty much hand-picked for him. It's basically like how they did with Luka last year. But at least Luka lived up to the hype. So. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like you got a little Duke bias going on there against <laughs> Zion. No, I just, I just, I just gave up. I just gave major props to RJ Barrett, who also won. <laughs> so I can't say there's okay. a lot of Duke hate there for for real. Um, Typically, when guys are uh, this highly touted, like Zion, Kevin Durant comes to mind as one that was previously this way. LeBron James, they usually do live up to the potential. So I'm gonna yeah, give hope Zion this a chance. I'm going to give Zion that chance here. Um, you did talk about R.J. Barrett. It was crazy. Four of the uh, four of the picks in the first round were all Canadians, including R.J. Barrett, Brandon Clark, Nickel Alexander-Walker, and Mafandu Kabengali. <laughs> all, all picked in the first round um, and all <laughs> from Canada. Canada trying to take over, bro. I guess that's what's happening. Trump's going to start closing that border, bro. (laughs) Can't can't be having Canadians come in here taking our jobs, man. Nigh. Nigh. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what it's about. (laughs) For real. Uh, Hey, it is. Get it how you live, I guess. Canadians trying to get get a step in out there. They took the – they exported the NBA championship trophy up there. (laughs) <laughs> taking nba jobs right <laughs> sounds like it's a job for donald trump to come in <laughs> yeah man i mean taking america's jobs dog i was very happy for my boy at number seven though uh, kobe white and my boy um nasir little uh me being me I, and i love my carolina guys i just didn't think those guys were ready um so i don't know what's gonna happen I don't know if Kobe White is ready. I don't feel like he's ready. Um, a lot of people like him. I do like him. I liked him in college a lot. I just don't think he was ready. Um, same same with Nasir Little. Uh, Nasir had to get out, though, so he either got drafted or uh, – well, he was a freshman, too, but, I mean, he, he didn't look ready. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they actually said a wealthy man's Jeremy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> so not not a poor man's a wealthy's man's <laughs> that's super funny to me um jeremy grant who's his brother jerry uh jaron i think it's in like jaron or something like yeah. that and they're both uh the sons of harvey grant yeah. horace grant's twin brother yeah i, I remember jeremy just because of the fact that he was he was actually bowling out on okc last year so um I'm actually a fan of him, but it's just super funny. Like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. These these guys are going to be kind of hit or miss. I, I don't know. Outside of the top ten to me, I don't see too much uh, of these guys being super impactful. I see a lot of role players in this one. But like you said, uh, you never know. It, it really just comes down to um, how these guys – grow in the league and want to put in that work because they're going to have to put in some work um, to really be 
that next that next player you know there's there's a lot of role players to me in this in this group um yeah in the nba draft it's kind of a top heavy draft every year uh, off the air before the show we were kind of talking about how second rounders in the nba draft really don't make it and we were trying to think of ones that you know have been decent the only ones I, that i was able to find here like that are current players that were picked in the second round that have been all-stars were Draymond Green, Nikola Jokic, and Mark Gasol. So two of those players are foreign-born. So the foreigners, we really don't have that much information on them as compared to the ones that go through the NCAA. So those can usually be hit or miss, right? Like it's hard for teams to have scouts everywhere in the world. So – it seems like some teams tend to to focus their scouting in certain areas. You know, like some teams focus on, on scouting Africa. Some teams focus on scouting, you know, like Serbia, different places in Europe, stuff like that. Right. So it's usually hit or miss with those kind of dudes. Um, yeah, it's mostly risks. Like you're going to see a lot of risks taken. Yeah. Um, in these types of drafts, especially later on down the road. I mean, year after year, you the depth seems to shorten a little bit by each draft class. So you hope that you're going to find something that's going to, you know, hopefully give you a good addition. These players, I, I remember looking back and thinking about like the 96 draft, like 96 draft, of course, is the GOAT draft. It's top to bottom, you know, before that was the 84 draft, which was top to bottom. Um, and even the 2003 class is a pretty GOAT draft as well you know that's the Carmelo Anthony's and LeBron LeBron Wayne Wade all that yeah yeah so I mean when you look to that top to bottom there's a lot of great players in there I don't know if I see that as much going into these 2010s with these players so I really hope that they take take these advantages serious because I'm looking at even a lot of my ball players that I grew up watching and they're still in the league like a Vince Carter Um, you know somebody like that that dude has been playing forever and he's still in the league. I don't know if we'll have those kind of players um, in the coming years. I don't know if I'm going to see some of these guys that I'm reading on this list 20 years from now playing ball or even 10 years from now playing ball. Uh, so you're, you're going to take some gambles. And there's more foreign players. I see so many foreign player names in here that I've never seen before <laughs> than I have at any given time. Um, Aline Smaljajic. Smaljajic. <laughs> uh, he's from Serbia, you know, uh, uh, Mie Oni. Uh, don't even know where he's from, but he played at Yale. So I'm like, if you got drafted from Yale, <laughs> like how the fuck does that happen? Um, Lug- Luganitz Dort, bro. Like he's from, he's from Canada too. He was in the second round. Um, you know, a lot of these names and things like that, they're, interna- they're international players. And those will probably be the guys who will last longer. Um, Sierra Vitas from Lithuania. I've heard of that name before, though, because I think he played on the on the team. Um, dark horse pick that I like is is Jalen uh, uh, Lekiu. Uh, he's actually, I think, he's going to be a guy with some upside, and he's a young young kid. So I'd like to see what comes out of that. But yeah, man, I I, I don't know if I was very um, I don't know if I was very impressed with the draft. I mean, again, these are a lot of names that I don't know, so I can't say that I that I can be talking shit about any of these guys because, I mean, they probably balled out. I just never heard of a lot of these guys. I mean, once you get out of the top 15 players, I don't know any of these dudes, man. Um, so Yeah, and that's because the international game is quickly catching up to the American games. Yeah, uh, I was just about to say that. I feel like the, sport. the overseas players are really starting to take those those spots for these guys who, who, do, who do come and try to play, um, you know, coming out of college those spots are less and less because, yeah, the rest of the world is starting to catch up a little bit more. There's more athleticism throughout the world, um, and these guys are actually starting to catch up. So I, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens uh, with these with these players. I mean, uh, we talked about it just now. How do you think that for the Nuggets? Um, and this was at the 23rd pick uh, that the Nuggets got from the from the Jazz, which was from the Grizzlies originally. Um, but it got traded to them. They got Bobo, uh, the son of Manute Bowl. So what do yeah. you think is that going to do for the Nuggets? So Bobo, um, he got injured last year. He only played, I think, maybe a month or two in the college season. Very, very exciting player to see. I've never seen anything like this guy. 
uh, when he was able to to be out there on the court. He's basically like seven five or something, but he plays like a point guard. He's got handles. He shot over fifty two percent from three point last year, which yeah. is nuts for a seven foot five person. Uh, obviously, as the legacy of his dad, the tallest player in ever in the NBA, who was really beloved and uh, not just in the NBA, but um, also did a lot to help his his home country out which it's kind of like I'm spacing out on it right now. I was either from Sudan or Congo. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's Sudanese. Sudanese. So yeah. yeah. So, Sudan. Um, you know, Manu Bol, obviously the, the legacy, he was one of the first big players to come over from Africa. And in the last couple of years, we've seen uh, more and more players from Africa coming through the system. NBA is starting an African league here in the next couple of years they announced recently right uh, and there's a great legacy of african ball players in the nba from dikembe matumbo to hakim olajuwon who's one of the goats right so obviously injuries is is the big question um bobo missed most of the, his college season there last year so it's a low risk pick for the nuggets they can sit on him for a year. They can develop him. Um, you know, I think learning from Jokic would be a huge key for him. And in his development, you know, if it goes well, he'll be a great piece to try to trade to some other team. Right. Going forward. I think it's a good project. I think if there's anyone that can get the most out of a young, uh, athletic, raw talent like Bull Bull, it would be Mike Malone. Yeah, definitely. I think he'll fit in there for sure. You know, foot foot injury is what he had. Um, and, you know, feet feet injuries are pretty much the death of a big man. Um, yes. It's it's killed everybody. Um, Yao Ming. Most, Yao Ming was probably the most recent that I remember with, with just bad feet, man, and it killed his career. Uh, Yao Ming could have definitely been a super dominant player even during the Shaq time. Um, but, yeah, right. the the feet injuries come back. So hopefully, hopefully that's something he can overcome. And and it's like you said, it's kind of low risk. You know, they were able to get him at a good spot to where it doesn't cost them anything. You know, there's really only upside from this point out point out from where Bobo stands. Um, You know, he's going to fit definitely into the second, the second team. Uh, Of course, he's not, he's not vying for a spot. And I, I don't think he'll fit in the starting lineup. Um, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I don't think two giant ass dudes are going to fit on a lineup um, with too much space, though he can shoot. Um, that is the dangerous thing about Bobo is that he is a better three point shooter than than a Jokic, even um, at least from what we've seen uh, so far. We'll have to see how it translates into the league, but definitely um, he does become a deep threat for for that um you know i think that does help them a little bit we'll see what happens when michael porter jr comes back as well um you know he actually plays he's supposed to be playing summer league so i'm really kind of interested to see what happens with him as well because uh you know they say he's he's got the flashes as well so those were two back-to-back low-risk picks for the nuggets that they were able to capitalize on. Now we hope to see them come to fruition, definitely with Michael Porter Jr. this summer. And then, of course, hoping to see Bobo sometime next year as well. Uh, I think he's probably ready or to come back from his foot injury at this point but because uh, mm-hmm. he suffered it in, in December. So that's pretty late in the game, late stages in the game, you know, in, in basketball somewhat. You know, they start in October, and uh, he, he – kind of got hurt early on so that put him out for the rest of the year for the most part but I think there's a lot of upside for that as well um who do you have as winners of the draft who do you say had the best draft um and who stands the chance to benefit the most from the NBA draft this year I would say it's definitely New Orleans they not only did they land Zion Williamson they were also able to get you know key pieces from the the Lakers such as uh Brandon Ingram, as well as Lonzo Ball, who I think will will be a good fit with that team down there. They also got the Lakers' number four overall pick, which they traded with the Atlanta Hawks uh, to go down deeper and also stack up a couple of more picks. So even if, you know, even if New Orleans it becomes a, a fringe playoff team in the next two years, they've stacked up a lot of lot, lottery picks and draft picks that they can access over the next couple of years. So 
I would have to say that they were the top winner there. You yeah, know. I mean, pretty much for the next two, three seasons, they'll have two picks of, of, for every first round. Yeah, so I think that definitely sets them ahead of there. Um, I could tell you also who didn't win the NBA draft, and that would be Marvin Bagley. Do you hear about this shit? <laughs> <laughs> they try to go at uh, Dame? Yeah, so they started a little rap beef. Yo. Marvin Bagley dropped a track on the draft, uh, draft day on Thursday called No Debate, and you know he just basically went after Damian Lillard, uh, who also is like trying to be a rapper on the side. My boy was telling me that Damian Lillard is the best rapper in basketball. I would say currently, yes. Currently. Currently. Now, I'm talking like if you if you want to put him ranked up, stacked up, um, I'd have to have Steven Jackson and AI pretty high up there because them dudes can actually rap their ass off. Um, but they never dropped albums. That's actually dropped albums? See, yeah, then really there's only two people because the only people who've dropped albums is Kobe and Shaq. And, and Lillard. rappers. Oh, and Dame. Yeah, Dame has dropped a full project. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. and you can't forget about the 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 best singer in the NBA. Victor Oladipo. <laughs> he dropped the album, too. He did. So I'll say Oladipo. Like the black Sinatra and shit. <laughs> Oladipo is a better singer than Damian Lillard is a rapper. You think so? I don't know. I like Dame's bars, man. That battle track that I heard him spit up against, uh, where it's just got the, it's got like the Soldier Boy to Marvin, like yo, <laughs> he flamed him. He flamed him bad, man. I, I was really impressed by, by what Dame did on that track. I think he served some real bars on him, and he was just basically calling him his son, like you're a little kid. Don't try to step up in here. He said, I'll flame you on the court and off the court. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I respect that shit a thousand percent because, yeah, Marvin Bagley, you could take that L. Um, hopefully you'll be great with the with the Kings next year because uh, he definitely turned it on late in the, in the year. But I don't think you want to see Damian Lillard one-on-one in the court. I, I hope that kind of turns into some, like, real beef shit on the court, though, because I miss those days of, like, the beefing on the court kind of thing. Uh think the nba is soft as hell now so when i see like some people who hate each other you knew like in the 90s you knew who hated each other like you know when john stark saw michael jordan you know it was problems or same thing with um michael and reggie or michael hated Jackie. everybody yeah yeah no he, he got under everybody's skin but everybody always wanted to go at him like that or even shaq and barkley you know shaq and barkley was the shit or uh tony childs or uh chris childs excuse me and uh and kobe um don't forget, <laughs> you know, don't forget Van Gundy and Alonzo Morning's ankles, <laughs> <laughs> as well as Latrell Speedwell and Van Gundy because he threatened to choke that dude. No, he cho- he uh, he choked out PJ Carlissimo. Oh, well, Carlissimo, I'm sorry. They kind of remind me of each other. That is super funny, Doug. Oh man, Latrell Speedwell, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> choking niggas out on the sideline got them scared got coaches scared of them and shit uh <laughs> yo so yeah i, I kind of missed that competitive edge of that so i actually like the little rap beef i think it gives the game a little bit of an extra appeal for sure just because you get to hear uh bars and i actually was you know marvin bagley's this was not that bad but it wasn't that great either so he just wasn't hanging to me with dame um y'all gotta listen to that out there listeners if y'all haven't heard go check out both of them uh, I think uh, Marvin Bagley, Bagley goes by like MB3 or something like that on SoundCloud. And then, of course, uh, Dame Dalla for Damian Lillard. And you can check them both on SoundCloud. And I, I easily thought that Damian Lillard flamed that guy pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> so sorry for you, Rook. <laughs> so I missed, I missed the NBA draft. I was out on a trip and I didn't catch any of it, but I was seeing that there was a lot of trades going on at the NBA draft and the NBA was kind of failing at everything. Um, yeah. One example I saw was DeAndre Hunter. He was drafted number four overall. Right. So number four overall pick originally was the Lakers pick based on the lottery. So DeAndre Hunter comes out and they give him a Lakers hat to put on. However, the Lakers traded the number four pick to New Orleans in the Anthony Davis deal. Right. And then an hour before the draft, New Orleans traded that pick to Atlanta. So this dude got drafted by Atlanta, but they gave him a Lakers hat. <laughs> what the fuck, man? 
that's that's just part of the little debacles that the NBA does have every now and then. Like, yeah, they fucked that all the way up. You can't be giving that dude no Lakers hat. He probably was hella hyped out in, in the background of himself. Like, oh, shit, I'm about to go play with LeBron. Not, nigga. <laughs> you're not. You're, you're about to go to uh, the Atlanta Hawks. At least he, at least he can team up with Trey Young. So, I mean, that's that's some some consolation, but it's not LeBron and it's not Zion. So, I mean, what do you do? You just go out there and play, bro. And then why did the Hawks trade Bazemore for Evan Turner, man? Like, <laughs> that's such a weird-ass trade, dog. Like, I saw that, too, and I was like, like – Evan Turner is Bazemore 10 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, Evan – I remember when Evan Turner came in the league because he, he was a high draft pick. I remember that dude because he was like all Big Ten – you know, for Ohio State, he was balling out. Um, I believe he was like a top five pick, and he never panned out. You're right. Um, you know, he didn't pan out the way he was supposed to. He was hella hyped coming in. I was just like, fuck, this guy's trash. And <laughs> and it kind of panned out to be that way. He's not trash because he's still in the league. I mean, he's been playing like 10 years, but he's like a, you know, low-minute bench guy who gives you that role, and he's been in Portland for the last uh, two or three years. And uh, I believe he was on, what, the Celtics before that. So, you know, I, I, I felt that was a funny-ass pick as well. I was like, why? Um, I like the pick I like the pick for the trade for Portland, though, because I think that gives oh, yeah. an additional shooter. But it's just a funny-ass pick. They didn't give up anything. I feel like they didn't give up anything for that. <laughs> it's like, okay. Bazemore, <laughs> yeah, uh, excellent two-way player, excellent shooter. Very young too, right? Uh, yeah, he's still younger. He's still younger. I mean, he's I believe he's barely thirty, you know, or, or just under thirty. So uh, he looks like Chance the Rapper, and <laughs> and then he can shoot the ball. He gets hot. He is very streaky though. Um, he gets streaky like J.R. Smith, where he goes through a cold a cold spit. You know, I've seen him put up like three points in a game with twenty minutes that he's played. And then I've also seen him put up 25 in the 15 minutes that he's played, you know. So he can definitely give them some some boosts. I think the coach out there will definitely get the most out of Basemore. Um, so I actually kind of like that trade. I, I like it for I like it for Portland. I think it fits mm-hmm. well for Portland. Okay, so NBA failing. Let's talk about the NBA awards, man. This is total trash. I didn't watch a second of it. Uh, the highlights or the lowlights of it, just kind of told the story there. They hosted there. It's the second year they did the NBA awards. Um, used to be the these awards would get announced in the during the playoff run. Um, right. Let's start at the top here. Giannis was the MVP. I felt he deserved to be the MVP. How do you feel about it? Uh, I was a little indifferent. Um, I expected him to win just because of the type of season that he had. But I also I also feel for James Harden because this was an historic run for a dude like this. Um, and when we talk about most valuable player, um, I take a couple of things into factors. Uh, most valuable player, meaning that you're the most valuable person on your team or in the league, uh, you know, to show that you had the most value. I think both of them check that box. Uh, I think both have, you know, the Bucks wouldn't have been where they weren't without Giannis. And I don't think Houston would have made any type of run without what James Harden did. And that's the only reason why I have it a little bit. Uh, I had mine a little bit more towards James Harden just because of the the amount of games that he had to play, the minutes that he had to play. Uh, but as you pointed out, I mean, that's that's even the, the more shocking thing is that Giannis had almost the same numbers, you know, separate from points. I think James Harden scored a thousand more points than, than Giannis yeah. did, but he had way less minutes uh his minutes played were like a thousand less minutes as well so he was able to make a major impact in smaller usages uh comparative to a guy who was basically playing all 48 minutes of every game uh in James Harden he was basically averaging 44 minutes a game so that's pretty nuts like to be averaging that many um so he had to do that though I mean if you look at it from both aspects uh, Giannis had a great young core of players who stepped up this year, and a Connaughton, a Connaughton and Middleton, of course, and Brogdon, Bledsoe, all guys, Bledsoe. All those guys played very well, and then then the addition of uh, Robin Lopez late in the season that was huge. 
uh, because that, Brooks, they had Brooks Lopez. Oh, Brooks, sorry. And they had him <clears> all year. Yeah, I always forget which one. It's, I know <laughs> the, the Brooks Lopez. Uh, you know, he can shoot his ass off. He can shoot his ass off. He started shooting like lights out. So he got a lot of help. And then you look at James Harden on the other side, who plays in the West, the Western Conference, for one. He's in the Western Conference, which is always the toughest conference. Uh, then he loses Chris Paul for a good amount of time. He loses uh, Capella for the whole season up until the, the very end of the season, until playoffs. So he didn't have Capella pretty much all year. I think Capella got hurt in the second game or something like that, and he'd been out for the rest of the season. So he didn't have that. And then you got to turn around and you're losing your other guy in Eric Gordon, who's supposed to help put up points and things like that. He's in and out of the lineup. So a lot of injuries that went against him. Uh, he had to be that guy, and he pretty much delivered that every night. Everybody knows we watched the historic run. He had over 30 games in a row with 30-plus points, and, I mean, it's historic. And he was the first guy – I just read that earlier. He was the first dude in NBA history to average 35 points and seven assists per game. Uh, Nobody's ever done that before. So, I don't know. It was kind of one of those things. I almost feel as bad as like how – uh, Russell Westbrook always gets a triple-double or averages a triple-double for a season, but it will never get that MVP again, regardless, just because of that, you know, the, the stigma of that. But he but got one. Fit, he did get one, but he could have got it the second year, too. Uh, that was last year when James yeah. Harden won it. Well, I the think other thing, I think the other thing we got to talk about, Giannis, um, obviously James Harden's offensive run was amazing. Right. However, Giannis was also nominated for Defensive Player of the Year. So yeah, for sure. About not only one of the best offensive players in the game, you know, uh, would you would it be fair to say Giannis is a top three offensive player in the NBA? Yeah, absolutely. All right, absolutely. And then, and then uh, probably a top three defender as well, especially this last season. If you're looking just at, at this last season under a microscope, so I mean, he busts his ass on both sides of the floor. We know James Harden; his defense sometimes is unmotivated. Oh yeah, he plays Matador basketball. You've seen him do it. Uh, he gets himself he, he gets himself in the foul trouble early on because he reaches a lot. I will say this that he did have he did average more steals per game than Giannis did, or or had more steals at the end of the yeah. season than Giannis did. So I mean, he did some defensive work, but it's not the blocks and things that he does on a day to day basis to shut down. It's not like James Harden is guarding the best player on the next person's team. He's not doing that by any any chance. He's probably guarding the the eighth best best person on the team. Um, that's just because that's what he's going to do. Um, so who got away with more travels this season? James Harden? Or of course, Giannis? James Harden. I mean, that's or Giannis, bro. Giannis is traveling on everything when I was watching. Yeah, I remember during the playoffs, bro, I remember watching him. He traveled like four times in a row, and I was like, get the fuck out of here, dog. Like, how does he not get called for this shit? No. It's just because he's so long, you know. He, when he, it's, it's like when he takes one step, it's like he's taking two steps. So, it's really hard to catch he, with him. When he takes one step, he takes one step. It's like Mike jumping from the free throw line. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, that's a great comparison to that. Harding, Harding does it, and I actually saw a video of him like practicing it and how he does it. It's illegal, but it is the like the dumbest shit. Like him and Steph Curry have really uh, altered the game when it comes to that travel shit. Because Steph Curry does it too. He travels like a motherfucker. Every time I watch him, bro. Uh, that one during the playoffs that I saw where it looked like he took like two long ass lunges back trying to hit a step back three. I'm like, man, this shit got to be a travel dog. Like nobody was doing this in the nineties, but um, you know, it is what it is. Definitely Harden is got more in the travels for sure. <laughs> he he should have been called more. Let's put it that way. So let's cover some more of these awards. We had uh, rookie of the year. Luka Doncic beat out Deandre Ayton and Trey Young. Luca, yeah, I'm on Team Luca. I, lo- I love watching this dude play basketball. He's just yeah, me too. Really amazing. Um, He's cold as shit. Luca Doncic <laughs> is really cold. Like man, he probably has the best step back in the game right now. Like the the few that I've seen him do for real, for real. Like man, it was some major splashers, and they look really good. Um, I Breaking think Luca's gonna. I think Luca's gonna be. Uh, definitely a stud. I think he is going to be one of those guys um, that we talk about as far as foreign players that goes down in the top 10, top five uh, foreign players. I think he's going to be there. Uh, Yeah. And he came into the right market. He got to learn a little bit from Dirk Nowitzki on his way out there. Right. And Dallas is just definitely going to embrace Luca. 
they love those kind of fiery, hardworking kind of kind of people there. He, uh, they're also added Porzingis, so right. They're definitely going to be a lot better once Kristaps comes back from his injury there. Do you think yeah. Trey Young deserved? I mean, he had a good stretch there, uh, kind of from January until the end of the season, where Trey was absolutely balling, but Luca was really consistent from the get go. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I think it was pretty much cons- consistent from day one who was going to get rookie of the year because I the first game of the year, Luca's first game of the year, he was busting people's ass. Um, I believe in the first three games he dropped, he got a triple double within his first three games. So, <clears throat> yeah, Trey Trey Young definitely played well. Uh, a lot more streaky, had a lot more of a, uh, and that's because a lot of the offense flowed through him. So he was jacking up a lot of shots. So he had a low, lower percentages and things like that. Luca was just way more efficient. Um, so I think it was clear cut from from the jump. Like as soon as the season started, we knew who was going to get it because he definitely showed it right out the gates. Yeah, um, and Luca just seemed to have that kind of a little bit more of that undefinable killer instinct to his game. Absolutely. Young. Uh, but Trey did try to – Trey did kind of find his swag – it you know after the All Star break there for a little bit and was playing for sure. phenomenal basketball as well. Yeah, they um, went on a little run and uh, but Luca, like you said, that killer instinct is big because I seen him close out a couple of games and I was just like, damn, this dude really is cold as shit. <laughs> like yeah. the one that he closed out on the on the uh, Rockets when he was closing out on the Rockets and he was busting James Harden's ass. I was just like, yo, this kid is legit. Like he's, he's kind of like him. a. It's kind of like a mixture of of uh, white chocolate Jason Williams and and James Harden. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's actually a really good way to kind of put them together because his his ball handling ability is pretty pretty similar. You know, he was putting dudes on skates all year. Yeah, he's um, got really good dribbles, really good passing IQ, like you know, good vision, court vision. Absolutely. And definitely, I I just see him bringing out the best in his teammates in the years to come. Um, so good luck. Congratulations to Luka Doncic on being the rookie of the year. We had defensive player of the year. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. He defeated Draymond Green and Giannis, and Giannis for the defensive And Paul George. Defense. Actually, like the three Paul finalists George, yeah. was uh, Paul Rudy George. Gobert, Giannis, and Paul George. Yep. And that was a close one, man. I, I mean, for me, Paul George definitely looked like Paul George of old he pretty much shut down anybody that he played against in that role Mm -hmm. you know in that position um but I know I know what they're talking about when you look at it I mean Gobert averaged like two two and a half blocks a game um and literally every team's offensive efficiency decreased when they played the Jazz yeah (laughs) um so I mean you gotta you gotta give them that I mean I think the average they said like uh, most teams were averaging. They had, they were definitely a top five defensive team, and teams were only averaging like a hundred and and three points or something like that on average against them. So that's really really good, man. I mean, you're you're locking them up pretty much. Hundred, keeping them right around a hundred points is where you want to be if you want to win, because um, that means there were several games that they were that they kept teams under a hundred as well. So um, definitely, I think that was well deserved. Uh, he 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 is like this ages. I remember the last time I think they said the last time somebody back to back was when Ben Wallace did it, and that's kind of what he reminds me a little bit of as far as in the paint. Um, he's physical. He takes a lot of guys off their game, and uh, he blocks a lot of shots. Man, he he changes how players come in the lane. Yeah, all the time you're not he's just gonna the, down there. He's one of the last pure rim defenders in the game for sure. Everything's more spread out now and everything like that, but. If you're trying to get down in the paint, he's he's going to shut you down. He's going to keep you from scoring. So Yeah, I haven't seen many monster blocks except for from when Jared Allen started getting more play time from, from uh, Brooklyn. He was stuffing nigga shit like that too, but Gobert's been doing it for the last couple of years. Yeah. I saw a really cool photo. It was like uh, Gobert was kind of like in the middle, and it was his hand. And there's like all these different pictures of players and their real life photos and stuff, but they're all kind of meshed together of him blocking their shots. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> awesome, yeah, Anthony so Davis, he gets a lot of blocks too. He does. He does. He's just not as consistent as Gobert is with it for sure. All right. Not healthy. <laughs> Hell no. And then uh six man of the year. Of Goes course, to Lou. Yeah, they just renamed this to the Lou Williams Award. <laughs> they really should. Because what is this, the third year he's won it? In a row, I think, or something. Yeah, I think uh, definitely at least his second year in a row. 
that he's won a possibly his third. Um, I remember Jamal Mashburn would be winning them for the Clippers all the time too. Yeah, Jamal Mashburn. So was um, Jamal Crawford. Or yeah, Jamal Crawford. Yeah, Jamal Crawford was the other guy who was winning it pretty frequently. For outside Clippers. of those two, those two were the last two who have basically just been trading back and forth. It's usually Jamal Crawford. Uh, but then, yeah, Lou Will has been on a tear the last couple of years. Um, and he was in there in voting with uh, Sabonis, Montrez, Harrell, a couple other people. Um, yeah. It wasn't even a teammate. So it's like, first of all, the debate is, is Lou Williams really a sixth man? He does come off the bench. He's always the first one to come off the bench. However, he gets 30 minutes a game. So he gets the starters minutes. Once he, you know, once he gets off the bench, he's closing out the games. He's, he's the main guy that the offense goes through. I mean, there is no, there is no minimum for a six man. I mean, yeah. technically he is coming six off, you know, off the bench uh, because the starting lineup doesn't include him. So you got to put him in there. Yeah, uh, but then he's up, then his teammates also nominated. So you can't have two six guys coming. Yeah, that's. What, I thought that was weird too. How Harold was in there uh, to be that because that dude's. Been, I thought he'd been starting a whole year. Uh, pretty close. Games. He started a lot of games there, he uh, especially once Tobias Harris got traded. He start, He was starting a lot more towards right. the, end of the season, and I don't know. They should just name it the Bench Award instead. But Six Man kind of has a nicer ring to it. It's kind of cool sounding. Right. It doesn't sound as whack, like, oh, you're just the best bench player. Because <laughs> yeah. so, when I hear bench, it's like, oh, you're riding the pine, bro. <laughs> it was funny. I seen uh, The Onion. You know, they got, like, the, the Onion's got, like, fake articles or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, spoofing and shit. Yeah, yeah spoofing, like, satire articles there. Yep. The Onion had a – when they did the NBA awards, The Onion put out an article, and it said, Nene Hilario wins the NBA 10th man player of the year. <laughs> 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 that's hella funny <laughs> nay nay <laughs> that's hella funny um man of the year bro yeah congrats lou lou for getting that that spot the sixth man of the year uh most improved this one this one was actually a really tough one for uh i know you and i have been talking about it a few times uh most improved player went to pascal siakam and while i do think that was very well deserved and owned uh Man, it was really close. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was second. I think D'Angelo Russell could have won that. Uh, D'Angelo Russell definitely took off this year and looked like an all-star, and he was an all-star. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's it's pretty crazy. Though he's in the East, uh, so is Pascal. But, uh, <clears throat> man, I, I think I think there was a lot of influence towards the end of the season that had to go into that that discussion. But man, D'Angelo was there the whole time. He took he took the Nets to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. So yeah, and he led the team. One thing about Pascal is Kawhi Leonard was sitting out all back to backs this season. He would play just one game of each back to back. He never right. played both. And the games Kawhi didn't play, the team definitely went through Siakam. Right, uh, he was the leader of the team in those games. Now it's not his fault that you know Kawhi was playing all the other games and it was Kawhi's team in those other games when, <laughs> when it, you know, when it came down to it, Siakam stepped it up. Uh, we saw it in game one of the NBA finals when he kind of just took it over there. He also went from uh, like seven points scored per game to some like 19 points scored. Right. Per game. So tremendous, tremendous output while at the same time, D'Angelo Russell didn't prove a lot, but D'Angelo Russell this past season played at the level uh, we expected him to play when he was drafted right. by the L.A. Lakers. That's exactly why I think that's why he didn't win it. That's exactly why I don't think he won it. Siakam was a first-round pick, but we didn't know of his ability to be like this. We didn't think he could be that kind of player, um, kind of like a Draymond, more talented offensive player like uh, of a Draymond type of build. They're kind of the same kind of build um, and lankiness and that kind of stuff. Uh, and Pascal is 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 on that next level when it comes to that. When it's when we're looking at the offensive game and how he can play and everything like that. And you hit it right on the head, though. D'Angelo played like he was supposed to, like how we imagined him to. When he went to L.A., uh, we saw flashes of it from time to time, but it wasn't consistent. And then the whole thing of him snitching out uh, Nick Young <laughs> to Gazelia and all that type of shit um, that definitely changed the course of his career. 
Um, <clears throat> he, who knows? He could find his way back to LA. I see that in the in the talks right now that he might want to go back to LA. Yeah, he wants to go back to LA, but he can go bite it just like Kyrie was kissing ass and trying to get back to playing with LeBron. He can go bite it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it could happen. We yeah. say it's not going to happen, but it could definitely could happen. We don't know what's about to happen right now. Uh, but yeah, I think Clay Thompson might want to go there because he just signed up for a little Space Jam 2 role. Oh, yeah. No, huh? I saw that, too. I was like, ah, that's kind of – that kind of works. <laughs> He's going to be close to LeBron for a lot, a lot of time. Anthony Davis was immediately announced to Space Jam 2. He's the co-star <laughs> the second that he joins the Lakers. Like, yep. nothing fishy there. <laughs> nothing fishy there, bro. Let's see here. <laughs> All those guys are going to be signing the L.A. Watch. Um, and De'Aaron Fox was on that list as well. De'Aaron Fox really did step up this next year, but he he uh, this last year, but I think it was, he's a second or third year player. Um, I kind of expected that from him as well because mm-hmm. he was a highly drafted pick out of uh, Kentucky. And so you expect that kind of level of play from him uh, just because he was highly touted with that team. And that's kind of the same reason why I don't think he would have deserved it either. Pascal definitely uh, stepped up, you know, coming off of the bench and uh, really, really just stepped into a world of his own. So shout out to Pascal. Now he's an NBA champion too. So that shit's pretty dope. Hell yeah. He had a really cool speech. I caught some clips of from the NBA awards show. Uh, where he was dedicating the award to his dad, who basically, yep. you know, gave up everything to to make sure that Pascal could learn the game of basketball and, uh, you know, make make sure he could get noticed and, and get out of Cameroon, and get these opportunities, yeah, to get out of Cameroon, and um, you know, now Pascal in a, is in a great position to to give back to his home country and to his family. And I know Embiid is so salty. He's also from Cameroon. <laughs> <laughs> All those tears that he, he cried <laughs> when that shot dropped. <laughs> and and that was the difference maker. Like if, you know, if he didn't make, if Kawhi didn't make that shot, they may have never won that title, man. Everything could have been completely different. Yeah. And, real talk. Embiid could have been crying in the NBA finals. Right. And they, may have went there. Um, they may have went there. So that, that definitely changed the whole landscape of this year. So, but that also came down to Pascal's game. Cause I remember that game too. Pascal was busting their ass and they didn't have a lot of help. Kawhi wasn't playing that great that game, but he hit that shot and that's what they brought him there for. So yep. um, they, they brought him there to close out games and win games. And he did that. He at least did that, but they needed that, that Pascal points. Cause we definitely know Kyle Lowry ass did not show up for majority of the uh, uh, playoffs. So they definitely needed his help. That that worked out very well. And to um, Kyle Lowry, Lowry's respect, uh, his grandmother had passed away and he didn't bring it up at all. Like he wasn't trying to make yeah, a I saw that. deal about it. So I'm sure that did wear on him. Plus he had, I, like broke his finger or something like that too. Yeah, he so he broke his finger, yeah. He was going through a lot, so I'll give him somewhat of a reprieve. But um, just like the dude who said it last night who was hosting on the award show, he said just like in playoff fashion and James Harden wasn't there at the awards, he wasn't there in the playoffs, um, Kyle Lowry is the same. <laughs> Even before this year, he was never showing up in the playoffs. So he gets some reprieve, not a lot, because uh, this is a consistent thing for him. But anyways, um, we go on to the next, the next one, the coach of the year. Uh, coach of the year, uh, we we had been calling it pretty much all year. We, we already knew that uh, Coach Bud was going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boone Hoser, excuse me, from the Bucks. Uh, it was pretty much like a Buck sweep in in these awards. Man, the Bucks got a lot of awards out of this, um, and definitely it was well deserved by Boone Hoser. Uh, he did a, in the first year coach. They said that this is one of the most successful years by a first year coach. Um, he really just made that team go up and beyond what we thought that they could do uh, and really made them a really, really good team, like a really scary team. Um, I wish I would have seen them in the finals. I had them in the finals going against the yeah. Warriors, but uh, definitely it didn't work out that way. But I think they'll be right back in the conversation next year as long as they can keep some of those free agency pieces that they uh, could lose, you know, like the uh, Middletons and – stuff like that. But if they can keep a couple of those guys, man, and who cares? Probably Boonholzer can probably find somebody else to step into that role. One of those younger guys who can step up and really uh, contribute and be like that next, that next Middleton or something like that. He probably has that on his bench. 
Um, I think I think it's a, it, I think it's pretty dope that that he won. Um, Mike Malone was very close right behind him. I, I give a lot of respect to Mike Malone as well because he definitely took that team uh, in the Denver Nuggets to uh, being the second best record or one of the best records in the league. Yeah, and, number two in the West. Number two in the West. Excuse me. Yeah, number two in the West, uh, but definitely top five in in the league. So you got to give them a lot of respect. I know that was a hard one to go back and forth with, but um, definitely being the number one team in the NBA, you, you got to give that usually to the head coach who wins that. Yeah. At least takes that during the regular season. So the Nuggets definitely were the team that exceeded expectations the most. Like Milwaukee was expected to be a top three team in the Eastern conference while the Nuggets were expected to be, you know, a fringe, maybe an eight or a nine seed in right. the West before the season they had missed the playoffs the last two years before and no one no one expected them to be not just a two seed but they were in contention with the Warriors for the number one overall seed for the Western Conference through most of the season so and and nowhere near the caliber of stars uh compared to some of the other teams that that were in there you know compared to like the Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Nuggets just did it with playing team basketball and with one of the the great young up-and-coming stars in the league right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they'll definitely be back again next year. I think mm-hmm. they're going to be even stronger. Uh, if Michael Porter Jr. can come back healthy, that might be probably in my top three teams that you need to watch out for in the West who could actually go all the way to the finals uh, for sure because they were one piece away really uh, super, super dangerous uh, and they're just young. They're a young team. So they've learned a lot from this last season and this L that they took uh, against Portland because they should have worked Portland's ass, but um, it's the playoffs. It's different. So uh, I think that Mike Malone could be in that conversation again next next year. I really do think he could probably win it next year because I think they're going to make some moves for sure. Um, among some of the other awards, they got some smaller ones. So the Community Assist Award went to Bradley Beal. Uh, the Sportsmanship Award went to Mike Conley Jr., uh, executive of the year, John Horst, who was also with the Bucks. Uh, so, you, like I said, it was kind of the year of the Bucks. Um, you know, the, he, he definitely uh, put that team together and helped get them to where they needed to be. So, he won executive of the year. Teammate of the year, Mike Connolly again. So, he won teammate of the year and sportsmanship award. Uh, I love to see that because what, what more do you want to see from a player? Uh, more than just being – him just being a great teammate. Um, is the sportsmanship as well. So that's pretty dope. Uh, shout out to Mike Connolly for getting that. House of Highlights Moment Award went to Derrick Rose. Shout out to Derrick Rose when he dropped that 50-burger. Yep, um, career high. Yeah, career high. After all the things that he's been through, uh, I thought that was super dope that he got that award. Um, and congratulations to him. Hopefully uh, he can continue to try to do that. I know he's looking for a ship, so maybe he might go to, <laughs> he might go to LA cause he, I know he's looking for a ring too. And uh, I think it would be well-deserved. The funniest one. <clears throat> oh, and I can't forget the Sager strong award went to Robin Roberts. Shout out to Robin Roberts, you know, still, yeah. still fighting through all the cancer. She's been cleared, but you know, her hair's growing back. She's looking great. Uh, that's fantastic story. You know, rest in peace to Craig Sager because, of course, he uh, passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, I love that award. But the funniest, the funniest award that I saw and the funniest shit that I read up on was the Lifetime Achievement Award. And it was a co-winner co, uh, award. And it was super funny to me. Um, <laughs> and so this was probably the most awkward outside of Shaq hosting. You know, he's just ripping on Charles Barkley the whole time. So... Uh, you know, it was a little bit corny because it's just Shaq just talking shit the whole time to Charles. Um, but the Lifetime Achievement Award went to Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so first off, <laughs> first they give Larry Bird the speech. He gets to go up first. So they let the white dude go first. <laughs> and Larry Bird gets to talk about all the accolades that he's gone through. And, of course, everybody knows Magic Bird. Um, it was a damn video game. Um. <laughs> right, one of the greatest single one-on-one rivalries in the NBA, uh, maybe outside of, of Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, these right. guys were going at it like from high school. Yeah, they high played, school, college. They played the college national championship game against each other. They played right. an NBA finals against each other. Right. Yep. 
So looking at both of these guys um, and, and multiple times that they played in the NBA finals, I think they played each other like three times. So looking at that, they're battling each other and it's been a battle pretty much since that. I think they just battled through life. Um, both have been in, in roles of uh, somewhat of a, a, vet, a president of a basketball operations yeah. role. Both of them have been in head coaching roles mm-hmm. and Larry Bird has always got the one up on magic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he got him again, motherfucker. Cause he got to do the speech first and it was just awkward as shit and funny as shit. Cause both of them, it's funny that they both got it. Usually it's a, it goes to one person. You usually don't give it to two people. Right. You don't give it to two people who've always gone at it. I think that shit was set up from the beginning and it's funny as fuck. And I think they, I think Adam Silver and the league was definitely trying to play that as part of the league you know, the whole league thing. Cause it is, it's hilarious. Um, both are on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, Larry Bird has, has helped build, uh, I believe it's Indiana, right? He's, he's there for yeah, with Indiana. So he, he was there trying to build with the Pacers, you know, of course, trying to keep Paul George, but then helping bring in uh, Victor Oladipo and all those kinds of things, the pieces that made them look successful over the last couple of years. And he also had a head coaching stint where he was successful as well, but just he didn't feel like head coaching was for him. He wanted to be more in the front office. And so he's talking about that story. And then you bring up Magic. And Magic is on the other end of that where he's not – he wasn't a great coach. Actually, it was a terrible head coaching stint that he had. And then, obviously, we saw what happened just recently as we've talked about it on the show here. Uh, Magic just basically threw the deuces like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to be here. That's <laughs> that's the whole clip that they use all the time is the, Mm-mm, I'm not going to be here um, and left Jeannie bus hanging. So he also goes in there and says, thank Jerry bus. And then he goes, um, thank you to the beautiful Jeannie bus um, that, and he's all giving all these people. Thanks. And it's like, bro, you just left her high and dry, bro. You didn't even put in a two-week notice. <laughs> you just dipped. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, he announced it during the press conference that he's out. Yeah. She had no clue after having a three-hour conversation with this dude, a three-hour <laughs> meeting right before that. And then he just dipped. He just quit on the job, bro. Like, it, it, there is no funnier way to fall from grace uh, except for the way that Magic Johnson has. And I just find it so funny. That they that they did that, like he pulled the okie doke on the Laker organization at the very last minute, and then you give him a lifetime achievement award, and not only on top of that, you give it to <laughs> to Larry Bird at the same time, who's also beat him and got more rings than him. <laughs> that's like the ultimate troll if you if you if you haven't seen one, like that's a super troll mode right there. Funny as shit. Super super funny. So shout out to all of them. Um, NBA awards, you just start giving them out again during the regular season or at the end, end of the season during the playoffs. Just announce a different award every day. Shit was right. way better. No one wants right. to sit and watch this bullshit. The, everyone's looking bored. The players are bored. Shaq's jokes about LeVar Ball are bored. And yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do a shifting gears comment, but I, I left it alone. <laughs> shifting gears. I like oh. to with you anytime, Polly. <laughs> I don't care. That shit's funny. <laughs> Man. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you think about these awards? You, you, Well, I mean, you just basically said it. They need to get rid of it. They, sh- they shouldn't have a full award format. If anything, they could do it during the ESPYs, but that's way too early in the season, of course, so that can't, that can't be true that they can do that. But it, it just doesn't seem to fit, man. I don't like the awards set up to try to make it all really cool for the NBA players and stuff like that. Um, it just didn't fit well, man. And, it, and a lot of people has, uh, share that same sentiment that it's really not needed. Just just announce that shit. Like, no other yeah, sport. No, it would be cool. Like, uh, it was always cool when they would give the – you know, if your team was still in the playoffs and they gave you the MVP trophy in front of your home fans. Right. This shit always looked cool, man. Like, now you can't do that. You're not given the opportunity – Cause what you're gonna give that MVP award to Giannis uh, at the beginning of the regular season, you know, four months from now, that's no one's gonna care anymore. It's a new right. season. He didn't win that season's MVP award, so yeah, they they should just they should just leave it alone. Uh, go back to the last format. I think it was a big flop for the NBA. I think they were just trying to keep ratings continuing. Yeah, you know? making some more advertising money. Yeah, make some more advertisement money, that kind of thing. And I think it was just a flop, man. And then uh. 
yeah, it's just not one of those things that they need to do right now. Uh, yeah, just skip that shit, bro. Just just yeah. cut just cut the check. Just cut that. Um, <laughs> Adam Silver, nice try. I know what you were trying to do there, but let, let's not do that. <laughs> Spare us all, please. <laughs> Yo. All right. So that's, that's what we got on the NBA, man. Uh, yeah, definitely y'all going to have to check it out. Uh, give us y'all feedback. Let us know what you think. What do you think about the awards? Who you think should have been the MVP? All that good shit. Yeah, who won the draft? Yeah, um, who won the draft? Who's the big, biggest losers? You can hit. Y'all gotta go. Check us out, man. Go to yeah. ticket.com. Y'all subscribe, like, share. Check us out on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all of the above. Uh, definitely. Yeah, Spotify for sure. Run them Spotify's up because Lord knows they're not paying shit anyway. Um, but definitely, uh, holla at us, man. Holla at us and let us know what you think. Give us some of your feedback and, uh, we would love to chat with y'all and then kind of battle with y'all if y'all, if y'all willing to step up to the plate. So again, my name is DJ Craftmatic. That's Polly Dubs. This is the Antidote Podcast Show. Please subscribe. Please leave us a five-star review. Take the antidote.com.